Hey, this is Ashraf. Welcome to One Day One Hack. Today, I'll be talking about how to create a profitable mobile apps. And to drop the value bomb on this topic, I brought Cornelia Adjacin on the mic. She is a president and a CEO of Mind Catalyst, a company that involves around technology and innovation design that helps Fortune 500 companies and small businesses to solve complex problems. At Mind Catalyst, they build custom apps across multiple platforms, including iOS, Android, augmented reality, and artificial intelligence. And since they have created many apps, that's why we are going to talk about how to create a profitable mobile apps. Welcome to One Day One Hack, the podcast that's guaranteed to help you be the best version of yourself. Each week, we'll share a new trend of business strategies and life hacks that'll enable you to maximize your full potential. Now, let's welcome our host, Ashraf. Carnelia, say what's up to our listeners and share one thing about yourself that most people don't know. Oh, hello. What's up? Uh, this is Carnella Jasmine. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, I'd like, well, I guess something that somebody would know about me normally is um, I like hip hop. I like um, hip hop, jazz music, and um, wow. um, very much into <laughs> that, that type hip-hop. of music. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so what, what kind of music? I, I mean, is yeah. it is it only hip hop? No, of course, not only hip hop, but <clears throat> I do. Um, it's one of my favorite genres. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As I mentioned in the intro, we are going to talk about how to create profitable mobile apps has some great values that she is going to drop on us. You know, Canelia, there are many apps these days, especially in a Google Play Store. There are free apps and paid apps. And sometimes the free apps are much better than the paid apps, right? Uh So why is this happening? I thought the more expensive it is, the better it would be. So what's the mistake that the, the, the developer made. Mm-hmm. I think most times when people are developing uh, uh, technology products, um, they don't really take the time to really um, have the user um, involved uh, at the forefront. So users actually tell you um, whether your app, it will be successful or not. Users actually tell you if your app makes sense or not. Uh, most people, when they come to um, well, not would say most people, but a lot of people when they come to our firm uh, looking to develop products, tech products, um, they have their own idea, right? And so they haven't really vetted the audience, vetted the customer to see if their idea actually makes sense. So um, what I always recommend is that clients uh, spend the time to validate their idea uh, before, um, you know, investing time, money, energy into a product only to see that customers may or may not like the product or it may not resonate with their problem that they're solving. So <clears throat> the best approach, a better approach, is to validate your idea first with customers, with, with live, um, live users, to ensure that the problem that your, your product is, is solving 
is one that customers actually feel that it is a remedy for. Uh, otherwise, uh, you really, it's, it's like a crapshoot. You're really taking a stab in the dark to see if this product actually makes sense with customers after you've spent time, money, and, and energy into developing it. And that's not something that's very valuable to do. Uh, it's, a, it's a waste of time and money to do it that way. Mm, so we have to validate it through live customer. But why, why sometimes free apps are better? Well, a lot of times <clears throat> the, the free apps are, and, and many of those free apps have paid, uh, you know, functionality, I guess, once you get from the free, uh, you know, a, a, once you're able to get past some of the free apps, I, I, mean, I think in those same apps, they have other layers or levels of the, of the apps, uh, which you have to pay. So the best situation for me, and, and I think why some of them are successful is that they really thought through the process in terms of what the problem that the, that the app is solving uh, in that free level, that free uh, area of the app. And, and so they're really addressing the needs that customers truly have um, in the free um, offer. So that's why it's better because, and they also have a, a paid a paid version, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And typically they have a paid version. So the, the typical, um, plan was okay we'll start off with a free uh level for the app and get buyer feedback get user um engagement customers to engage with our product um and then they're taking analytics on that so the analytics is showing them that yes you know it's another form of validation also i mean i think it's a smart way to validate your products that customers are actually using your product you're building the platform for them they're actually you're 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 you're, you're growing your, your customer base, your customer acquisition with your product. And so when you're doing that, and it's free, of course, so it's, it's another incentive for people to test it out and have a, a, with no obligation or no, um, you know, they don't have any obligations because it's, it's a free app. And so they're able to get in without having to pay, uh, utilizing your, your product, your app, and then, making sh- and then using it and it's fulfilling the need for them. Typically, um, uh, when people start off with a free uh, level, it's about two to th- uh, maybe maybe one to three functionality and features um, that are pretty much the, the core value. It's probably more of an MVP. So it's more of a minimal viable product that people can use that will pr- typically solve their basic needs um, in terms of the product um, market fit. Uh, level Another level, which is a paid level within, with, within the same free app, may solve maybe two or three other issues or problems that the, that the user may have. Um, but typically, I know for myself, and I know you could probably uh, attest to this in terms of your experience, some of those free apps um, are pretty accommodating uh, with those two, you know, that, that one to three different uh, ear, uh, functionality features that I need to just get me from point A to point B. I don't necessarily have to pay for the, the paid version to, to get the needs that I, that I need met. I mean, I think that's as typical of a lot of users. And sometimes the free apps has many advertisements, right? Is that the way they earn money? Uh, well, the money, I mean, the monetization of an app is, um, can it, it, there are very types of um, methodology to use for monetization. Um, I think the, the best way to, uh, when you're first starting out and developing an app, 
um, as far as I'm concerned anyway, the focus should, I mean, yes, you should definitely have a monetization plan. Um, but I think the, you know, the other piece of that is really to uh, have a plan of customer acquisition in terms of interest and validating the idea. I think the idea validation um, initially is, is more important than the monetization because you want to make sure that the idea makes sense first before you even mm-hmm. start thinking about how you're going to monetize. Um, yep. <clears throat> because there's no monetization. There's no need to talk about monetization uh, unless your product actually resonates with customers. <laughs> so customers to even um, download your app and use your app, then there's no need to even talk about monetization at that point. So the first thing you should do is, is, is look at, you know, customer acquisition, making sure that the customer actually likes the app. It actually fulfills a need that they have, or it's solving a problem that they have. Uh, and then do more of an analytics around usage of the app. How often they're using the app and, you know, do some evaluations on, you know, what are the benefits that, that people are getting from the app? You know, what are the, pros and cons that people are experiencing from the app? What's the user experience overall from the app? Uh, you know, are there areas of which um, when you take a, a, a look at the percentages of people who are enjoying the app, okay, what features, functionality, experiences are they enjoying the most? Uh, and then where I find to be more fruitful is the areas of, that are negative about the app. So what areas uh, of experience, user experience, um, UX, UI, customer experience, are they not finding um, uh, that it's fulfilling their needs? I think those are the gold mines. Um, people like to, to, to pay a lot of attention to what's working, but I think the best way to grow your, your product is to really focus on what's not working <clears throat> because that's, that really gives you a great insight as to what you need to work on for your next releases going forward in your product roadmap. So basically we have to do a survey before we are creating an apps. We have to know, and, and we have to work on that mistakes. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Because the, the negative uh, comments uh, about your product are not a bad thing. You know, it, it's, they're really insightful and it gives you a wonderful opportunity to enhance your, your, your product. And so, of course, all negative comments are not created equal. You want to basically evaluate those negative comments and positive comments kind of put them in categories and then see, you know, if you have about 15% of the people saying, um, maybe I don't like um, the onboarding, uh, you know, experience when I'm, I'm, I'm first loading your application. Um, but, you know, then you have, you know, 80% of the people, or 85% or 90% or 85% of the people saying it's fine for me. Um, then that's not, not something you definitely want to invest time, energy, and money into fixing. Now, if you have, mm-hmm. you know, anything over 40 or 30% of, of people saying that they don't like um, a certain feature or functionality of your application, then you may want to look into that and, and look into uh, enhancing or revisiting how um, this functionality or feature is, um, you know, being is addressed so that the, the customer experience can be enhanced from, you know, you changing it. So it's all based on the, the number of complaints. Mm-hmm. If they are more than 30%, then we have to work on it, right? Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, let's, let's you remember, you know, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, you know, these applications did not look anything like, nor function, anything like they look and function today um, when they first mm. came out, right? Mm. So 
what really helped them to evolve over time in terms of the user experience and user interface and the customer experience was the users. It was us. It was the people who were using it every day who were and who were calling in with complaints or praise to say, oh, this is not working very well, or I wish that you guys did this, or I wish it could do that, or, or you know, you, it's it seems like it, it's, it's kind of falling short when when I went here and, and I didn't get this experience, which I expected more intuitively. So if those things are not in place, then the, their, their help desk, their, their support uh, mechanisms um, will help them to, you know, kind of gather that information and then evaluate it and then see what next can they improve upon in terms of the UX, UI and customer experience going forward. So taking an advantage of the complaints, that's what we should do. Yeah. So the other thing that I have to also reiterate is that a lot of founders, uh, owners, and developers and product, product designers, when we're first looking at their product, many of them want, don't want to put their product out on the market space until it's quote unquote perfect, right? So first of all, there's no such thing, right? So we all know that. And the second <laughs> thing is that um, you, you want to get the product out <clears throat> as soon as possible, uh, so that you can, again, start getting the input and the feedback from your users. Because, again, your users are who really help to inform, you know, the likelihood of its, its success. So if your product is uh, fulfilling those needs or uh, remedying the issues or problems that your product is a solution for, uh, then those customers, those uh, users are going to give you that validation early on. Um, so had you maybe built out, I don't know, maybe six features in the product as opposed to, and then launching it, as opposed to building out one to two features and then launching it, perhaps two of those features are, are, are misnomers. Are, are there may be features that people just don't even want at all, you know? And so you've actually mm. invested time, money, and energy into those other two features that really you could have prevented from doing so because people just didn't really, it didn't really resonate with users in the first place. So you're kind of wasting a lot of time, money, and energy uh, by putting the product out um, with a, you know, that's more than MVP. Um, it's a big risk. And so you want to mitigate that risk by starting with an MVP. Um, an MVP is a minimal viable product. And that's a product that has, you know, maybe one to three features um, where you're testing that out with users and then getting your feedback input and you're, evalu- and you're evaluating that in order to help you to drive and to make discerning decisions as to what your next features and functionality would be along your product roadmap. So that is why there is a, a beta version and an alpha version. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a very smart way to start your product um, um, delivery because you want to make sure, again, that you're not putting too much into the product um, before putting it out to the public and getting people's feedback and input um, because yeah. you, it, it, it really does. I've, I've seen um, clients time and time again, you know, they want to put everything in their product during uh, first launch. And it's like, you know, I really discourage that because you just don't know. I mean, you may know in yourself just as one person, what people may gravitate to. However, you really don't know until it's out there in the customer's hands and the customers will give you feedback on that. Um, so the best thing to do is to have an MVP uh, and put that out with just a very minimal amount of features, get that tested through your market space uh, and then evaluate that feedback. 
have an MVP, minimal viable product. Yes. All right. So there you go, the part one of how to create the profitable mobile apps. And on the next episode, we will break down a step-by-step formula on how to create a profitable mobile apps. So stay tuned for the upcoming episode. Would you like to know more about business strategies and life hacks that could make your life more productive? If so, subscribe to our podcast now so you don't miss out later. Remember, always have your day.